Right, Nancy. You know, I, I thank God for the opportunity to be here. Uh, sometime at the near the fall of the year, God spoke to me and he said, I want you to have 40 days worth of revival in the panhandle. Um, I knew I'd been sent to the panhandle for a purpose. I didn't. I can't say I came easy. I came kind of kicking and screaming. It's cold. It's, it's windy. It's it's, 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 it's. But God said, it's your harvest time. And he said, and you have to be where your harvest is. Amen. Amen. And so as I was um, thinking about the harvest, you know, I, I, I was thinking about Pastor Dorman and Pastor Jannon. And, you know, I kind of see them as forerunners, you know, because they started talking about the exchange years ago and people didn't understand what they were saying. And now we've got to make the exchange. And so, really, it doesn't matter whether you get it or not. You must be in the right place if you're going to receive what God intended. And, you know, we are there. We're not hoping to get there. You know, the Bible says very plainly, I've been talking about end-time events since I started the 40 days of revival in the panhandle. And I started off really centering in on the Bible said perilous times would come. I mean, come on, let's, let's not be confused. God said that perilous time would come. The word tells, it, it dictates it right from one thing to another of what was going to take place. It also said that people would fall away from the church. Yes. He said that people would lose faith and they would not be present. And they will make excuses. But the truth is, until we're willing to do it God's way, come on now, we, we've fallen away in God's eyes. It doesn't matter whether you're doing what you do at your house or you're doing this. You know, you know I always think you can't really give a good offering to yourself. And you sure can't tithe to you. Everybody smile. You know, and it's hard to lay hands on yourself and tell yourself, you know. I mean, there's just a lot of things that the corporate anointing is here for that we have to stay hooked up to the body of Christ. But the enemy will talk you out of it if he can. Because if one can put a thousand to flight and, uh, or ten, and then whatever, however it works, the more people gather in his name, the greater is the release that we receive. Not that God gives, because God's given everything he's going to give. You know, and since we started talking about the exchange, I always listen to music that I'm singing with that in mind. You know, God's not giving anything new. We don't have to beg God for anything new. When we talk to God, we should be excited. I liked what you said, except for I want to add a little something. You should be excited that you're in the presence of God talking to your father. I have exchanged the life I had for a new life, and I get to hang out with God. I'm a child of the king. You know, and when I come into his presence, I come understanding who I am. Not who I am by myself, but who God made me to be. And then I come into his presence reverencing him from the position that he has given to me. And it's not a lesser position. And I never think I'm not going to get what I pray for because he promised. Oh, come on now. I mean, shake yourself. I didn't come to play games. And I'm like... 25, 30 days into this, so I'm pumped. Because I've been saying the same thing night after night after night after night. God is not giving you anything that he hadn't already given you. God started by finishing. So every promise that he's ever made to you is already in your life for you to receive by faith. And when you exchange the old man for the new man, you begin to realize that you're more than a conqueror through Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You are not a victim. You are a victor. You are a champion. You are able to do everything God's called you to do. And then you, you know, the, the, the roaring like a lion, you're like, get out of my way, devil. You ain't got no teeth. I tell the half the body of Christ, they're being gummed to death. <laughs> Or lick to death one of the two. He ain't got no teeth. I mean, he's just, a, he's roaring. It. The devil's roaring. And you're like, uh, you know, you just need to say, back up. God promised. And it's so. 
I, you know, when I realized that God began by finishing, I knew I had the victory. Because he started by fixing everything that would mess me up. And then he backed up and had me. Come on now. And come on. So when I make the exchange in my life to know that I am, you know, when when Nicodemus went to Jesus, you know, with the born again thing, he was kind of confused. Aren't you girls glad? I'm over in the girls' say There's a lot of girls over here. I know that all of us girls was glad that Nicodemus was confused because he said, when Jesus said, you can't even see the kingdom of God. Until you're born again. And he said, can I enter into my mother's womb and be born again? And all the ladies said, no. <laughs> and we said, we're glad about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You, we can be confused sitting right here believing the truth. It, it, but it isn't what just what you believe. It's how you react to what you believe that determines what you really believe. You can say you believe that, you, that, that, that all the promises of God are yours. But do you really believe they are? Do you walk like they are? Do you talk like they are? You know, I'm praying for proclamation when you get to Africa. I'm praying that you open your mouth and out of it comes the glory of God. And that every place you go, every life that hears your voice is changed. I know that you have protection because God promised that if you were serving him, you'd be protected. protected. And I know that you will have everything you need because God has already placed everything you need in Africa in advance. Amen. And so, Father, we thank you today that we are who you say we are. We have what you say we have. And we're going to do everything you've called us to do. We declare that we are more than conquerors in this world. And we believe that your spirit is here to lead us and guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit, have your way in me, sir. I yield myself to you now, my mind, my will, my emotions, my mouth, my feet, every part of me. And, Lord, I thank you that they will have to hold my mute while I shout. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Because, you know, there's something to shout about, really. I mean, you know, some people act like, well, I'm going to go ahead and shout because, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and be a blessing to God. There's something to shout about every day. You know, every day that I get home, I've been, we've been traveling all around and I I was laying in my bed just thinking about the protection of God. You know, and you know, all the people that have all these catastrophes and struggles and things happen to them. You know, God's protecting us and keeping us safe. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 6. You know, the promises of God are really the proclamations of his finished work. Thank you, Pastor. Might be a long church service. (laughs) See, the promises of God were given to the children of God so that we could be blessed and then be a blessing. You know, when you make the exchange, you become a child of God. How many of you believe that? You become children of God. So how many of y'all got kids? What is it you wouldn't give your children? Well, if, if we know how to do good things for our children, how much more does the Heavenly Father give good gifts? And the good gifts of God is everything you'll ever need. It's every provision. It's every promise. It's every protection. It's every, but you've got to make the exchange. And it can't only go on in a church service. It's got to go on in your mind. You've got to change your mind to know who you are in Christ and to be willing to be who God said you are. God calls me more than a conqueror, so I am. You know, I'm not, I, it doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what things happen to me. God says, you're more than a conqueror through me. So I am more than a conqueror. I might not have conquered yet, but I shall. And, I, I, and I'm not going to move till I do. You know, and so as we get to the message, you know, Old Testament is just a, a look at people who had not seen the light completely. And the people that spoke spoke for our admonition so that we could understand how it works if you don't have it and understand what we got now that we do have it. Does that make sense? So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, are you there? In Hebrews chapter 6, it says in verse uh, 12, that ye be not slothful, but followers, followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Faith is not just something you have. It's something you say. 
is something you do. Your faith should exemplify your life. And then your life should exemplify the life of God because of your faith. Are you understanding? And that's why it's crucial that you draw not back from faith because everything that happens in the church happens in the realm of the miraculous. And we ain't miraculous yet so in our natural selves, so we don't see the promises of God being fulfilled. So it says, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely blessings I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. So what was the promise to Abraham? Blessings, simply blessings. So what is your promise today? blessing that God's going to bless you if you have not seen the blessing yet in some area of your life you should be expecting it are you understanding he says and so after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise now for him the promise was a child and and, and in our understanding of looking at things in the past to glean from them for our future and God waited or however it happened God was waiting until Abraham received, and Abraham was very, very old when he received. And so the promise that Abraham received was miraculous because Abraham was too old to do anything for himself. And a lot of times in our lives, we're, we get in there, and we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to do it. We're trying to make it work. We're trying to make it work. And God just stands there waiting on you. And he'll let you flail around and do all sorts of stuff and, you know, cry and moan and groan and fall out and, and get back up and do something else. And, and he'll just sit there waiting on you until you finally say, you know, I, I am uh, who God says I am and I have what God says I am by faith. And it isn't by any of my works, it's by his grace, his glory, his victory that's already been accomplished. And then God says, OK, now I can work. So Abraham did his own thing. Sarah tried to help him do his thing. None of that worked right. That's the reason why we got Ishmael today. Can I get a witness, you know? That's the reason why we're having, we have terrorists and bombers now because Abraham thought he could do his own thing. But God said that he said, uh, he said, Sarah's going to have you a baby. And the Bible says Abraham had already laughed when he thought he was going to have a baby because he was 80, 90 when he started the journey. And then when Sarah, when he said Sarah was going to have a baby, he was still old and he was like, <laughs> you know, y'all all ought to do that. Go ahead and get it out the way. So after you've laughed, you can believe God. Come on now. You know, just go. <laughs> I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have, because you know you stutter when you, God starts really telling you what you're gonna do. You know, because it's way too much for you to figure out, and we're all like, oh, I don't know what I believe that, I don't know what I believe that. No wonder you don't get that, because anything you don't believe, you ain't gonna get. But I'll take it for you because I believe everything. Amen. And so it says, and so watch this, verse sixteen. It says, for men barely swear by a greater, and oath is for a confirmation to them. And the end of all strife, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of the promise. Who are the heirs of the promise? That'd be me. He said he's showing to see y'all had a good chance to shot right there. I mean, because if I did, y'all act like y'all ain't getting none. You heirs to a box with, with, with some rocks in it or something. I mean, y'all act like it ain't nothing happening. I mean, when I read this, I get all excited. He said that the heirs of the promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. So God so that you could know that whatever you asked him, you could have according to his word. He did two things. First, he promised. And then he pinky swore. <laughs> Come on now. And he said, that, uh, yeah, serious. I mean, he blood covenant if you need that. Come on now. But in our generation, he pinky swore. He said, you know, I'm going to give you everything I ever promised you. All my promises are going to be yours. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. And there ain't, listen to me, this is the good part. There's really nothing you can do about it. Because what happens, I'll go over here to somebody who loves me. Because I need to have an illustration. Can I illustrate with you? Like God, he comes along and he makes this promise. And so then all of a sudden the promise 
promise attaches itself to you. And you go on your merry way and you fall out, but the promise never lets go. You go your way and, and he says, and you go the wrong way and he, the promise is just still holding on to you. Come on now. Because he cannot last. So his promise to your life is sure. So the promise holds on to you till you finally figure out, I've done everything I know how to do and I can't fix nothing. And then finally the promise pulls you into the place that God intended and you walk in the realm of the miraculous. So you hear what I'm saying? The promises of God are sure. And God said, for your life, he said, because I could swear by no greater, even if I swore by the president or the king or all them other people that they think they're running some, you know, people with cash. He said, they are not great enough. So I tell you what, son, I'm going to make a promise to you and then I'm going to swear by myself. He said, I can't lie. One reason why the church is in trouble is we lie. We go from strong, bad lies to little white lies. They're all bad. They're all the same. But we have, we have degrees of lying. You know, I'm telling you, they do. They, 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 you know, like they'll say now, I haven't, really, I haven't really told a bad lie. I just told a little white lie. You know, instead of a big black lie, I told a little bitty white lie. They're all lies, and the reason why we can't get to victory is because, listen to me, when you go to tell yourself you're more than a conqueror through Christ, if you've been lying to yourself about half the other stuff you've been saying to yourself, then no wonder you don't yourself don't believe you when you say you're more than a conqueror. See, I just tell myself what the Word says, and I say, self, whether you agree or not, that's the way it is. You know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't walk around saying, I got to get this, and I got to have this, and I got to eat this many times, because all of that is a lie. Yeah. Amen. Come on now. Hey, oh, they got kind of quiet. You see kind of, <laughs> yeah, they kind of switched. That eating part got them. Yeah, they said it's <laughs> Well, I know it got you. I, I understand. Eating and sleeping. You know, people say, well, I am not a morning person. That, in other words, you have made yourself grumpy, lazy, snoozy, doozy, or something in the morning because you want to be that. And so you say, I'm not a morning person. Then other people say, I'm not an evening person. And what you have done is given yourself license to act a fool when somebody calls you late at night. Come on now. I'm just trying to help. I'm trying to help. We've got to make a change. You know, God is not interested in day people or night people or midday or afternoon folks. He just wants people that love him enough to believe him and do what he says. Right. You know, he's not interested in you telling him how tired you are. He's just interested in you doing what he says. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you read the word, just do the word. Don't talk about anything that doesn't edify you and make you better because you're a king's kid. You know, you, you are more than a conqueror. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You got to make the exchange. Don't make the exchange a little bit. Make it completely and begin to say, I am who God says I am. I have what God says I have. I am rich in this world and I have no need of anything but God. Okay, well, that's pretty good. I mean, but I'm not sure y'all truly believe, but y'all are at least not throwing nothing at me. You know? See... Faith and patience inherit the blessing. Isn't that right? And the promise is the blessing. Amen. God promised us things that will make us be more than a conqueror. Because the promise of God won't let go of you, it will produce the intended effect of God. So because the promise is holding on to you until you get it, then the blessing is coming no matter whether you see it not yet or or you do. Amen. It says in... um, uh, Hebrews, another chapter says, and for this cause, he is a mediator of a new testament that is that by the means of death for the redemption of the transgressor that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Amen. So we have an internal, eternal inheritance. Eternal don't mean when we get to heaven. It, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I'll pay you later. It doesn't mean (laughs) the promise of victory is a part of our eternal inheritance. In other words, we ain't waiting to get there to get the breakthrough and the victory. We're getting the victory so we can go there. Come on now. We are the children of God and we are supposed to be ruling and reigning on earth. Amen. Amen. Now, when you look at the news, they are the other folks. 
The people that we are inheriting, it's, it's, our, it, it's our inheritance, amen? They are dumb as a box of rocks. They got all sorts of struggles, amen? Things are going all sorts of bad for them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They, they about to fall off the cliff. Then they, they, They're in a drought. They don't have any money. They don't have no... And the money is ours because the Bible says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the judge. Come on now. There's a transfer. Cause you just like, you make the exchange first, then you can transfer money. Y'all ain't listen yet. And so the world is... They go, <laughs> we don't know what to do. We ain't got no money. It's going bad. You got to quit saying that stuff you got to quit saying that because we have been strategically placed in places so that the transfer will come spiritually supernaturally you ain't going to do nothing but because of the position you're in the money will transfer for them where they don't know what to do with it to us so that we can do the will of the kingdom. The Bible said it is God that gives us power to get well that we might establish his kingdom. All right? Are you getting this? So you are kingdom people. Amen. You're the children of the king. Yep. Come on now. My daddy ain't confused. He knows who I am. Now, I do happen to be his favorite child, but, you know, the rest of us, I know, I came over here by you. This is his second favorite. <laughs> In my mind, <laughs> in his mind, he's, I'm second, but we, we argue about this quite regularly, but it's okay. You see, when you really know who you are, you begin to see yourself as who you are. That makes you act as who you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like when King, what's the King's name? I always talk about, I always forget. Harry and, uh, and William. Prince William and Prince Harry, when, they, when their mother passed, you remember a long time ago when mother passed there, couldn't watch nothing else on TV, so you had to watch her, right. her going home somehow one way or the other because it was all everything. So anyway, they, I was noticing them as they were walking. You know, they didn't walk like regular folks. I'm just saying, they didn't, they didn't act like regular people. I'm looking for a group of people that ain't acting like normal folks. You know, I mean, I'm not who they, I might look like a normal person, but I I am God's child. I am special to the kingdom of God. And all the promises that God ever put in the book belong to me. Oh, that's pretty good. Turn to Romans chapter four. Romans chapter four. Y'all getting this? I I expect y'all to be doing a little jumping, shouting or something by the time I get through. And probably I'll preach till you do. That'll get him moving. <laughs> he, look, <laughs> I'll just keep preaching till I know you got it. And, uh, I mean, I need signs. I need to see some movement. I need to hear some amen. I need to see y'all doing something because if not, we are not the dead church. We are not the frozen chosen. Come on now. We are, we're the church full of power. We, we know who we are. We're excited about it and we're glad about it. See, the Bible says, but now hath he, we obtained a more excellent ministry but the, by how much also he is a mediator of a better com- covenant and that better covenant is founded and established on better promises. Amen. So if the old covenant and those people could get excited about the things of God, how much more are we who are in the new covenant who have received all the things they were hoping and telling people they could get eventually, we got it. How much more should we be excited about the things of God? Amen. Is anybody out there? If y'all ain't out there, you need to come. I I need to see you right quick. See, now Hebrews, now listen, the promises of God won't let go of you if you trust God, the God that promised. See, the, the, the Bible says that let us hold fast our profession of faith without wavering because he is faithful that promised. Everybody say, he is faithful that promised. This is, a, this is not a spectator event. This is a participation sport. He is faithful. That promise. Now you all are sitting there like ain't none of y'all wishing and hoping for something and wondering when things are going to change and, and just need hanging on, believing God for this to come and for that to come. You need this. You need that. You need healing. You need your kids saved. Look, crazy kids. On and on and on. He is faithful that promise. Now, here's what happened. God promised, uh, the, uh, the God promises won't let go of you, but you have to judge God faithful. 
The Bible says when Sarah conceived, it was because she judged God faithful who had promised. Not because she had abilities. Y'all ain't listening to me yet. Not because she knew what to do. Not because she knew how to do. She just judged God faithful that promised. You see, you might not know how to get there yet. And you might not know what you're going to do when you do get there. And you might not know how it's going to happen when you get there. But you got to judge God faithful that promised. I heard this story about this guy I was thinking about your Africa trip and I, I heard the story and this guy God told him to go to Africa and he had said to, to the guy God kept telling him to go to Africa go to Africa go to Africa and he had been believing to go to Africa and he's waiting on the money so every day he'd get up and go look in the mailbox waiting on the money. Every day he'd get, after he'd get through looking in the mailbox, he'd go walking around the community. You know, he just was waiting on somebody to give him the money to go to Africa. But God only says certain things. Have you noticed that? When, when God talks to me, he doesn't give me. He told me, sell your house, move to Tulsa, and go to Bible school. That's all he said. You know, I want him to say some more, like, and if you do that, and if you do it on Monday or Wednesday or Friday, I'll show up and do this, that, and the other. He didn't say nothing but sell your house, move to Tulsa, go to Bible school. So this guy, he was having the same experience like I had. And so all God told him, Ramon, was to go to Africa. So finally, one day, he said, go to the airport so you can go to Africa. And so he's like, I still don't have a dime. I don't have any money. So finally, he just, okay, God. And he gets up and he goes to the airport. And so he's standing in the line uh, to buy the ticket to Africa. And he's just standing there in the line. And, you know, there's people in front of him. And as the line gets closer, he gets more nervous because he don't got the money. You know, and, you know, he's kind of waiting there. Maybe I guess he's thinking somebody's going to hand him a ticket or somebody's going to say something anyway. And so he gets right to the person in front of him is buying their ticket. And he jumps out of line and he's in the bathroom. He runs in the bathroom. He's just beating his hands on the basin and he's crying. And he said, God, I know you told me to go to Africa and I just don't have the money. And I don't want to see God's waiting on you to judge him faithful and, and, and not quit, quit whining and crying about what it looks like. Oh, y'all ain't listening yet. What it looks like to you and just judge him faithful. So he's banging on the thing and he's crying. He's got his eyes closed. All of a sudden he opens his eyes and he's in Africa. Yes. yes. yes whoa. I mean, really, I'm sure he was like, whoa, I should have believed God so I could buy some suitcases. <laughs> yeah, so he's standing in Africa, and, and, and they say that all these thoughts came to his mind, like, okay, okay, I should have judged you faithful. I mean, I really should have thought about this before I came because I don't have any clothes. Who? I don't have a place to stay. I don't know nobody. I'm just in Africa. And in Africa, is not like in other places. <laughs> You know, you know, the bathroom is a hole. And so, you know, and so he's standing in Africa, he don't know so So finally, he's standing in Africa, and, I, you know, it's kind of hard to say, God, I changed my mind. Could you get me back the way you bought me if God sent you? Once you're there, you are there. Amen. So he walks out of the, the restroom in Africa, and this guy is standing there. He, the guy calls him by name and says, God told me you'd be arriving early. Oh, <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, God's got this. Come on, I'm telling you, God's got this. And, and the promises ain't going to let go of you. So you might as well go ahead and agree with God and judge God faithful and let the promise come on you the right way before you end up in Africa. Come on now. Uh, with somebody knowing where you are, but you ain't got no clothes. Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness in here? I'm telling you, God's promises are not going to let go of you. And he is going to do what he told you he was going to do. And if you uh, agree with him and begin to judge him faithful and begin to say, God, I can't do this on my own. But I know that you are my God and you promised so it's going to come to pass. And you start shouting like it's so and dancing like it's so and running like it's so. Wait a minute, let me go up here. Hold on, hold on, let me kick my mule. Hey, okay. Now, 
And so, and so, you know, when you get ready to understand that God is not slack concerning his promises, he is not confused about what he's going to do. He's going to do exactly what he told you he was. And if you believe that, can I get a witness? Can somebody, if you believe that and you judge him faithful, you'll dance and shout and get the victory and everybody will be like, well, I never would have thought that would have happened. I mean, who would have thought that? I mean, if you look at the Old Testament, Moses used a stick. And who would have thought a stick would have worked? Have you ever tried to use a stick? I have. I tried some stuff. I mean, you know, when I first got saved, I was just like, I'll see what works here for me. I remember when I, not only did I try a stick, I tried a stick. I did, I tried a stick. But not only did, I did try to walk, walk on water. I walked off the side of a swimming pool in the deep end, and I didn't begin to sink. I just sunk right away. It was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, just, no, I didn't begin to sink. You know, the Bible says, and Peter beginning to sink. I didn't beginning to sink. I was at the bottom of the pool before I even knew I'd stepped off. I didn't even walk one step. I, didn't, I mean, nothing was even feeling like it was hard on the pool. And so, you know, the truth is, you are, but, but I did at least step off. And I made God really happy. I could hear him laughing up in heaven. <laughs> He's like, you go, girl. <laughs> See, every, God, every promise God ever made to you won't let go of you. The promise of eternal life includes joy and strength and protection and health and wealth. It's not just eternal life. It's not just going to heaven. It's everything that happens to us in the earth on the way to heaven, all the victories that belong to us. 1 John 2, 25 says this, and this is the promise that we have that he promised us, and that is eternal life. Eternal life is nothing missing, nothing broken, everything great. Amen? Now, I I can go to Romans, I guess. Well, I I might want Titus 1, 2 says this, in the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So everything that you're going to need to walk out the victory here on earth was already promised to you before the world began. And so it's there waiting on you to agree and believe. Amen. And so Romans 4, 13 says, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Faith says, I got it. Faith says, I got it. And when you come to God in faith, you come differently than begging. Begging says you don't believe you got it yet. Please, God, I'm hoping you please, 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 God. And God loves us. So just like you do your little babies. Have you ever watched a mommy and a daddy when the baby first starts trying to walk? You know, really, they're not doing so good. But the mommy and the daddies are going, watch this, watch this. They're going to walk. And, you know, they kind of get up and they go. Yeah. You know, they, and then maybe they, they take a step and all the family goes, hey! And, you know, the, and the baby's all excited. But the truth is there's going to come a time when the baby's going to walk across the room. And then it's going to come a time that the baby's going to be running. And then it's going to be a time that the baby's going to be able to do it all by himself. Are you understanding and God honors your baby steps and where you are. I mean, he, if, he, if he knows you're trying, he honors that. But there comes a time that God is expecting your faith to move you from place to place in the things of God. He's expecting you to believe in him and trust that every word he says is the truth and that he would not lie about anything he promised. And then he's expecting you to come to him saying, God, I believe this. I believe that that's okay and you got the victory for me. I believe that you're going to get me out without a shout because all God's promises won't let go of you. Amen. It says, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made Avoid and the promise made of non-effect. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. So in other words, God's saying that the faith that we need is given to us so that we can receive the promise. Amen. And you receive the promise by faith. You don't receive it by hope or thought or wish. And God knows the difference. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He knows when you believe. When you got to the place that you believe in, watch this. It says, 
Therefore, it is by faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all thy seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that which also is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So in other words, the faith, the promise is sure if you believe. I'm just going to come talk to you, Alan, because I mean, everybody else is kind of playing like I ain't. I mean, I don't know. They don't act like I'm out here. I mean, I'm talking, but nobody's making any noises. <laughs> the promise is sure if you believe. Amen. Amen. That's right. And if you believe, if I walked up right now, very few people, now that might be a couple, but if I walked up right now and handed you a check for $100,000 and you knew I had the money, you know, you would have a response. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't go. I mean, even if you, you the thank you should at least be, thank you, hallelujah, thank you. I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit more combustible probably than some of y'all because I'd be dancing, shouting off, or hanging off a stand of lyric, going, glory to God. You know, it, 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 the promise is sure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So if the promise is sure and God's handed you the victory, you should be a little bit more excited about it. And you should be willing to give God some thanks. I thought you had a real dog. I was coming to see. I'm walking back this way because, you know, the promise is sure. There's nothing God won't do for you. There's nothing he hasn't already given you. And there's nothing he won't do to help you get to it if you believe. And so what God needs you to do is quit saying that he's not when he is. I'm not taking it. <laughs> She's like, I'm getting my dog. Lady, crazy lady, to come back here and take my dog. The, the promise is sure. The things that God promised you, the things that are difficult or that look like they can't happen, the things that you you kind of said, well, I thought maybe I could, but you know, if I don't, it's okay. I mean, I'm okay. I still love the Lord. That's great. But the truth is, no, you get back up on the horse and say, everything God promised me, he's going to get me to it. No matter how crazy it sounds to you, how difficult it sounds, how much it sounds like I can't do it, can't be it, can't have it, the promises of God are sure. And so, therefore, I can have what they say. They'll do it miraculously. You know, I, I was telling my son one time, he was talking about being able to do something he couldn't do. And I said, well, I God will do it. Do it easy with you or hard with you but if he promised you he'll get it done and everybody else might have to not be able to do it so you can do it but if, if, if he promised you understand what I'm saying if God said you could do that my son it, 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 he God gave him some promises he heard God say to him you can have this then he can have it and the only why you don't give what God promised is you quit believing and the way to get to it quicker is you start believing and you act like it's so now you understand so when you need money and you don't have no money, you act like you got money and you, you begin to rejoice and thank God for what money you got and you do what he says with the money and then you get more money to do what God you need to do. There is nothing that God promised us that we cannot have. And the enemy's job is to get you off the course, to get you off the, the right plan, you know, to get you sitting around saying, well, you know, I, you know I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and it just ain't working for me. I mean, you know, but I'm okay. I'm going to love the Lord anyway. I'm going to go to church on Sunday and I'm going to be okay. But God promised. And what God promised you you could do, you can have. Don't quit dreaming. Dreaming is a part of hope. And hope, without hope, your faith has no substance. Uh, you see, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you got to have the hope to get to the faith. And then, and so when you quit believing that you, God can do something that's supernatural, something that, that you can't do for yourself. You know, when, when you quit believing, when the enemy is able to stalemate you and you say, I'm going to keep going to church and I'm going to keep loving God, but I'm just ain't going to believe for nothing. I mean, you know, after all, you know, just to be saved is enough. That's not, we're not here to be saved. We're, we're here to radically take over. Are you hearing me? We're, we're here to change things. You know, the world is ugly, but we're here to make a difference. And to change things and, and to see the glory come. Y'all getting this? Yeah. And so when we're at the place that we can believe, we need to know that the promises of God are holding on to us. There are, if God told you to go do something, he's holding on to you with what he told you going to do. Whatever that is. And it's sure if you believe. Now turn to Second Peter. I'm closing. Chapter 1. Second Peter. Chapter 1. See, I, I am sure that this message is for you because most of you understand the exchange. 
there are places I go that they, they haven't made the exchange yet. I mean, even though they are at least, it, they've come to the kingdom of God, they just haven't exchanged lifestyles yet. You know, so they're, he, they're in the place of God, they just, and they're, they're in his presence, but they're not yet doing the things that God intends. You need to examine your life and say, does this look like what it should look like to you for me to get your promises? Does this look? Is that heaven? I mean, I was hearing, I was hearing horns and did y'all hear that? Okay, praise God. I was like, hallelujah. Must really be preaching good today. I mean, we got a heavenly orchestra playing. Hallelujah. I don't care if y'all like this message or not. Heaven likes it. <laughs> I heard something. I don't know what instrument. I heard some instruments playing. I'm like, yes, God. Hallelujah. See, the blessings of God come from the promises of God. Amen. And the promises of God for your life for sure. You must remind yourself daily that blessings are coming to you and they won't let go of you. You can have things that you cannot see. And things that the world says you cannot have. Because the world and the enemy's job is to make you let go. God's never, listen to me, we are God's children. How many of y'all had kids do crazy stuff? Lord, help me. I, you know, I, and, and I owe my kids royalty because my messages are strong because of them. I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I need to pay you, son, because you have helped me. Well, the, the faith message, I got that because of my kids. I, I'm telling you, I had to bring him here one time. I bought him, and, 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 and my oldest son, I bought him down here because he was struggling. And so I got him down here, and we came to the pastor's meeting. And then Pastor Jana got a hold of him. He said, she looked right through me. I said, possibly. <laughs> there wasn't much in there. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and so anyway, my son, getting back to my oldest son. So he came and he was having a struggle in his family. Him and his wife had separated and, and, uh, and uh, he was just struggling. And so he came and we went to, to eat and they caught him and they did what they did. But see, you can talk to somebody and minister to them and cast out devils and, and lay hands on them and... And they receive healing. But until people realize who they are, they'll stay in the same place or they'll go back to it. And you can make a mistake and overcome as long as you know who you are. Because, you know, when, you, when you're in a war, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back to the message. When you're in a war, you know, and you get knocked down or a gun comes at you, you will get dead if you don't get up. You know what I'm saying? You can't just lay there and go, I'm, I just give up. I'm just not, you know, God messed up and I'm just going to lay here. And you got to get up. And so I'm telling him, son, you got to get up. You know, he's like, and so he would be like, I just want my family back. I want my, I want my family back. And, and, we, and I'd say, you can do it. Go get them, champ. Go get them back. He said, but Joe, no, I'm just messed up so bad. I messed up. She don't want me. I'm like, son. Quit talking about what she wants and talk about what God promised. That's right. And so I get him going pretty good. And every time we go to eat, the phone would ring. And it'd be his wife. Then we couldn't eat no more. Poor Shana was beside herself. She's like, don't answer that phone. <laughs> because it was every day. But until he got it. And he exchanged his old woe with me attitude for I'm a child of the king and the devil can't have my stuff attitude. He wasn't up. And so they did what they did. I did what I did. I took him around and I just kept, God said, just take him with you. He said, he said, quit preaching to him. Just take, cause I'd say, son, you double minded. He'd get mad after he get off the phone. He's like, fine, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm done. No more my wife. I'm done. I want my wife. I'm done. I want my wife. Y'all are like that. 
It's just too hard. Maybe God doesn't want me to have my wife. Are you kidding me? Maybe God don't want me to go to church. You don't just, just, maybe you just want me to, you don't think the bit's so bad for me. Maybe you don't want me to do that. Maybe you don't, are you kidding? It's the devil. Why are you listening to him? He's gumming you to death. Are you hearing me? So he'd go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally, finally I was like, I was telling uh, my girls, uh, we were praying for him. I said, I just don't know what to do. I mean, he don't even realize he's double-minded. I mean, because he thinks he's doing a good job here. You know, he's standing. He said, I got this. I'm standing. Oh, my God. Are you crying to me? And, you know, he didn't realize he was, you know, he was double-minded. Although I kept telling him, you're double-minded. A double-minded man receives nothing of the Lord. He is unstable in all his ways. The Bible says you cannot be double-minded about the promises of God. You got to stretch yourself and say, I believe God. No matter whether I see it, I believe God. No matter whether I feel it or not, I believe God. I don't care whether everybody says I can't have it, I believe God. I don't care whether nobody else has ever got it, I believe God. I don't care what they think about it, I got it. And so finally, one night we were in church excuse me if I it was holy if it got to you <laughs> and and he was way back in the back doing something and this song came on and he come dancing down the aisle and he, he said I'll bless the Lord at all times his praise will continually be in my mouth all the promises of God are mine and he came dancing out of the aisle and God said he's got it so when he came to me later on that night, he said, I'm leaving in the morning. I said, I knew you would be. And he said, uh, I'm going home to get my family. He went and got his little family. They moved, got, went to Bible school. He's doing great. Come on now. But he had to get it. And you have to make the exchange in your own mind. You have to get over whatever the Bible says that, uh, uh, in Philippians. Paul said it like this. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. I press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ. I'm looking at my future. My future. Your future is bright. Come on now. The victory is yours. This is the listen to me. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to the news. This is the best time the church has ever had. This is the gl- most glorious time for the church. We will see signs and wonders and miracles we will see people delivered healed and set free for this is our time in the earth the world is talking about how bad it is because God's talking about how good it is amen hallelujah Woo! somebody get a shout anybody need to come up here and kick the mule come on you need to kick the mule you need to kick the mule come on now somebody needs to get a shout in here verse 2 it says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord according as his divine power hath given unto us all things wait no you don't mean all things all things don't make you react like that you know you don't go he's given unto all things all things yeah we got everything yep just whatever we want, we can have it. Just we got all things. Yes, all things, all things. That's so puny. You must not have much of all things. You must be wanting a cracker, a piece of cheese, and a little tiny shack in the corner or something. All things. Come on now. When I think about all things, I'm ready to shout all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature that is in the world. Listen to me. God's nature is in us through the promises. So the promises are holding on to you so that you look like God. People walk up the you and they, they say my God that must be a child of God they get all the promises are holding on to them all the good stuff is coming to them listen to me quit acting like you're defeated you are not defeated we are not in trouble come on now I'm telling you I don't care what they say on CNN or CBS or whatever Fox News we are not in trouble Check with the book. This is our time in the earth for the glory of God to be revealed. Stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, come on now. Hallelujah. Can I at least get a shout out of y'all now? Hallelujah. Woo, come on now. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. There are things that God's trying to get to you right now in this room. And all he needs you to do is take hold of the promise and then believe it by faith and you'll receive it. I mean, just standing right here right now. I mean, you know. You would think that wouldn't be how this works. I mean, you got to do something. You just can't get the victory with nothing. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just standing here and all of a sudden there it is. You got the whole thing for nothing. Because it's all there. You didn't do nothing. Come on now. And ain't been good half the time since you got good. You ain't been good. Come on now. Come on now. Has anybody ever had a moment and said something they weren't supposed to? You ain't had kids if you ain't said something you weren't supposed to. Kids will make you say something you ain't supposed to. Yeah, yeah, kids, kids. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Then you need to sing the song. All his promises won't let go of me. Because, you know, kids will make you, you know, and if you got little kids and little kids, they have changed. You know, when I had little kids, my little kids didn't know how to say no. I worked no right out of them in the beginning, you know. Like when they were real little, I just like, we ain't going to do no. Your answer to me is always supposed to be yes. But, but I got a little granddaughter. She's two. And she's real competent in no. She's like, no, I don't want to. I'm like, you better work that out. Because <laughs> when they get older, that gets crazier. It don't sound so bad at two, but at seven and eight, nine, you got a problem. Can I get a witness? But the world, the Bible says that children are going to be disobedient to their parents. We're going to have to stand and group up in the church and begin to say, not so here. We're going to train our children to obey and to do what they're told and to obey God. They're going to see because if children are disobedient to their parents as children, when they get older, they become disobedient to God because God is their parent. And so if you don't teach them to obey you, they are not going to obey God. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help you. And so we need to, in this hour, we're in the last hour, we need to let everybody walk in whatever God's called them to do. And we need to know that they will, we will see miracles, miraculous things happening to you, miraculous things, not no, normal stuff, miraculous miracle things happening in the church right now. And all I have is if you have a promise that you've been believing for and you feel like you need a little faith infusion for your promise or for or you've been under attack and you feel like you need a faith infusion, I just need you to come up here. I'm going to add my faith to yours. The Bible says we can do that so that you can get a, a boost to push through or, or if you have whatever it is. You have to-